Open your boxes. Open your boxes. One, two, three. Yo, this case is number Hey y'all! Oh, I got a few uh, people on my live now, but welcome to the Voice of Reason. We're actually recording. This is my first podcast that I am recording visually while recording like audio. So I wanted this to be very interactive because this podcast is going to. This episode is going to be about the victory lap and i'm sure when i say that it makes y'all think about who other than the late great nipsey hustle but i it's going to be deeper than that because as we know his death has like affected everyone like in a way bigger than just him being an artist or you being a fan i just want to go back to say how like i i didn't realize until the other day that i'm really mourning his death like i've mourned the closest death that's happened to me, which is my my dad passing away. And, like, I do not watch none of Nipsey videos no more. I don't even like, like, when I would walk in the house and my sister would be, like, watching something on YouTube, either talking about the, the murder or whatever, I would make her turn it off. And even, like, the other day, my friend wrote me in a group chat, like, so you're going to watch uh, the funeral? And I didn't want to watch it. And that's kind of honestly, like, how I dealt with my father's death. I didn't want to see pictures. I used to get mad. Not mad, but I'll get so uncomfortable when I walk in the house and my, my sisters are talking about him. But that's because the type of person I am anyway, I just don't deal with my emotions like in a healthy way. I just like to not deal. So it made me think like, yo, why am I mourning his death? Like, I don't want to say that I'm a Nipsey fan. Y'all know y'all was on my uh the last episode I was on when we just was randomly talking about Nipsey. We didn't at this point it was like a few days before he passed away it was a week before he passed away but i'm a fan of hip-hop i'm a fan of art so whenever i'll see any interview there's probably not an interview out there that i've probably never watched i watch all breakfast club interviews flat tv big boy sway like so it introduced me to nipsey before i wasn't even introduced to his music like i would just listen to him talking He, he always had dope interviews but when I found out, like I just signed on Instagram randomly, and I think I think Surf, like Sue Surf, posted. Uh, what happened? Why is this pointing at each other? Oh well, I know the first person I saw post about him get shot. See, this is why I put my phone on Do Not Disturb. Like, girl, is she locked out? Sorry, guys, someone just called me. I thought I put my phone on Do Not Disturb, but I guess that doesn't work. But yeah, so I went I went on Instagram and I saw somebody post, oh, Nip, get well, or don't let this be true. You know, regular hood shit that people write when people get shot. And I was just shocked, like, but from a, a, a just a regular fan standpoint, like not shocked enough, like, oh my God, I'm so sad he got shot. Just regular shit. You know, we go on social media all the time and we see these like crazy stories. So automatically I just start hashtagging his name to find out what happened. And I see like, okay, Nipsey Hussle, okay, Nipsey Hussle just got shot in front of his store. So I was just like, you know, usually when it's death, that's not close to me, but it affects me, I go hard. Like, I literally uh, uh, hashtag the RIP. I want to know your mother, your sister, your brother. Don't ask me why I'm so obsessed. I'm not obsessed with death, but I become obsessed with the person's life. You know, am I the only person like that? Like, when I watch Fatal Attraction, I go look up these people's actual Facebook to figure out who they are. So I'm weird like that. So I was just doing it, like, you know, I was looking up the story or whatever, and literally, I'm talking to my friend, minutes later, Nipsey Hussle, 
pronounced dead. So I'm just like, because I was just talking about him, but I listened to his like dedication. I literally, I'm one of them people where when I'm introduced to a good song, I play it out. Like I listen to it every second, 300 times a day. I repeat the verses over and over. Like, so I, dedication was one of those songs along with uh, J. Cole, Middle Child. I just be playing it every day in the morning. It's like my go-to song whenever I, I like, I'm on the train commuting to work. So I was just shocked. She is annoying me. Like, how does she not know that? Wait, what is she doing? I don't know. I don't know. Sorry, guys. Oh, she's on my. Oh, she needs someone to open the door. She just came in a lot. Like, sorry, guys. Uh, what was I saying? Yeah, so whatever. He was pronounced dead. I was sad, and I was, like, looking into the story more. I know people had pictures of his, like, body and stuff. I don't like seeing stuff like that, period. I don't care who it is. So I didn't, I didn't want to look at none of those videos. But I went to sleep. I wasn't hurt enough or I was affected enough to not finish what I was doing. Like, I was just like, you know what, fuck it with this day. I was working on a lot of stuff, and I'm like, I'm just so shocked by his death. I'm going to just go to sleep. That's how I deal with it. But I ended up waking up, like, at 2 o'clock in the morning or, like, 3 o'clock in the morning, and I felt like a knife was, like, in my chest. And anybody who's ever experienced grief or a, tra a traumatic experience where you lose, like, a family member, there's, like, a long period where you wake up and your your brain, your heart wakes up before your brain. Follow me. Your heart wakes up with, before your brain. So you kind of wake up sad before like a quick second. You're like, why do I feel this? Why do I feel so sad? Or why do I feel this knife in my chest? And then your brain catches up to you like, oh, because such and such just passed. I experienced that when my uh, dad passed away because like for a long time, I couldn't believe like he was gone. So I would go to sleep in grief. But I'll wake up and for a slight second, I'll forget that he passed away. And then all of a sudden, all the feelings come rushing in because the reality hits you that this person passed. So I felt that with Nipsey. And I've never felt that in my life. And it only got worse with the days. Like, literally worse with the days. I was strolling. I, I got to a point where I really wanted to just sign out of all of my, my social media accounts. I got, I don't want to say I got sick of seeing his pic pictures, but because I really felt like I was grieving, I did not want to see his pictures. I don't want to go people pulling up old clips of old interviews. I did not want to see that. I don't want to see what y'all saying Lauren did. Somebody put a clip of Nor Lauren showing up to the hospital, like the moment. All of that was just every day I was just getting pulled back to the point where I had to pray every day. Like that makes me feel better. Like for when someone's died, when someone dies, period, when I pray for them, it just makes me feel better. So I wasn't them people on social media like, oh, praying for Lauren, praying. Now, I was for real, for real, like praying every day just so I can get through the day. I felt like if I pray for them, at least makes me feel better or feel like I did something. But, yes, I was grieving his death hard. And it made me think clearly the world was in the same way, too, because in this whole social media age, you'll see somebody get shot in the head. We see it happen with, um, what's his name, the rapper that – um from Miami, XXX, X, yeah. Yeah. XXX Tentacion. We saw yeah. him get literally, we saw his dead body on live camera. And that was shocking enough to me because things like that freaked me out, period. Aside from the fact that innocent life got taken. And he was a great dude that was making changes in his life. But we really watched social media move on with it, move on with his death, uh, maybe like what, a week later? It wasn't that much of a, Big deal. So, and I think we see that happen every day. If you're from the hood, you see somebody just got shot today. Tomorrow, everybody living their best life with their ice cups on the porch. Life, people just 
move on so easily. So with Nipsey, to see the world at a standstill, like the way it was, it it was like, yo, his death was like a different type of death. And it made me think like, why is everyone so affected? And it's because it makes you question your own mortality. Because if you, the, every time you see that someone can just die by just being dumb and being a good person, it remind, it's a reminder that damn, we could really die any day. I don't know why, I kind of get a sense of relief when I see, okay, somebody died and then you look into it and it's like, because they kind of did something wrong, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm safe. I know I'm not out here doing that. So I ain't, I'm not gonna die suddenly in that type of way. But when you see somebody doing something like, y'all know the story, he was literally just showing up to his store to get his friend who just got out of jail some stuff, took some clothes, and he just died instantly. Like he was just in a picture with, taking a picture with a baby fan and was dead seconds later. So it made everyone question their mortality, but then all the information started coming out about how much he was really doing for his community. And that is what made other people like, I say this a lot and I know people don't wanna hear this, but if you experience a death, like you, someone close to you or a close family member ever died, that's when you start to live because you find a certain level of peace with death. Because you know the only way that you'll really be able to reunite with this person is that, oh, okay, the only good news is I'm going to die one day and I'm going to reunite with that person. And before, like, I've never had anyone close to me die before. Like, my dad passed away. So I always had this fear of death. I remember as a kid for, like, a whole year, I was going through this weird anxiety, anxiousness about death. Like, for no reason. I was young, supposed to be on the playground, but I would always, like, fantasize about death in a very bad way and I, I'll be getting panic attacks and all of that so when my dad died honestly that gave me a certain level of peace with the idea of death like I'm not afraid of dying like you know what I'm saying when that time comes but with Nipsey how he was remembered I think that is honestly if you can choose how you can die like how you could be remembered his ways, how you want to do it. And it, it has nothing to do with him being famous. I said this multiple times, but the biggest A-list, I don't even think Michael Jackson's death was mourned the same way that Nipsey's death was mourned. It was as publicized, it was as big, it was as shocking, but it wasn't mourned the same way that Nipsey's death was mourned. Like, people was mourning him like he was a brother, not a fan of his music, or he was a rapper, or he was just some rich type of person. So it made you think, yo, how do I want to be remembered? What do I want my victory lap to look like? Do y'all ever think of that? And, like, I mean, a lot of people associate this with, oh, you got to be famous, you got to be successful, you got to be giving in millions of thousands of dollars. Like, he was giving into his community, but... I don't think that's necessarily the case because it made me think back on my dad's death again where how his mother was able to get on camera and be like, no, y'all not, like, have so much peace. So you see that picture of Lauren London in front of the um, his store paying her respects and then she's smiling. And it made me kind of think about my dad because my dad was, like, really big in his community. Like, he wasn't famous, he wasn't rich, but my dad was infamous for what he was known for doing as far as just being a a person bigger by his faith, his Muslim faith, and he was known for, like, when my family is African, so when someone would come from Africa, a lot of the times my dad would take them in, teach them how to drive, find them a job, and set them up to just 
be prepared for the real world. So my father had did this for probably like 50, 60, 100 people, like a lot of people. I'm exaggerating the number, but he's done this for so many people within like our like African community. And then even before that, he was considered an elder. So when like people were about to get a divorce or someone died, my dad, like y'all know Muslim people, when they die, we do a special washing ritual of the body. My dad was the person to do that. When um, we don't believe in like marriage counselors, so when marriages will be at odds or couples will be at odds, they will come to my dad to be the mediator. When like literally, I want to say a week before he passed away, a girl showed up to my door. My dad called me like, she must be for you. And he's like, no, she's like, I'm here to see you. Like my parents like kicked me out the house because they mad, they're upset that I had a, mad, a baby out of wedlock. And like so much things happened with her. Like she was almost suicidal. She tried to drink bleach because the guy who she fathered a child with didn't want to be with her anymore. So that, like, it made her family not want to be with her. She has no one. Diapers was trying to take her child. And she's at my dad's door. And my dad, like, she's my age. I don't even go to my dad about stuff like that. And to see that people were showing up at his door doing things like that when he died, just seeing how everyone mourned him. And even till this day, my dad passed away in 2014. And till this day, it's nowhere we go to family functions and they're like, oh, that's such and such daughter. It, everyone just gravitates to him. Like, yeah, you know, they just hold him to a certain high honor. And when my dad passed, honestly, I'm like, yo, if there's any way that someone would want to die and want to be remembered, for me, my dad was one of those people. And Nipsey Hussle kind of, his death triggered that in me too. Like, it made me think about that. Like, yo, you should, people should really think about what they want to be remembered for and as because not only that does it help you for people who are spiritual and religious and actually believes that after you die you're still a spirit that exists so you still get to watch and see how everyone remembers you and i'm sure you it don't feel good to see people just continue on with their lives or if you you die and being known as a bad person hearing people talk about you in that manner if that makes any sense do you do you like think about stuff like that That is a fact. You ever, like, look at someone's picture after they pass and you can kind of tell they pass? But with Nipsey, it's like you look at his pictures and it's still unbelievable. Like, no. As much as everyone's been keeping his name alive, he doesn't seem, like, gone. But just seeing the peace that his family is able to have because they're continuously... But because of how the world is remembering his death. And remember, a lot of people was given a lot of, like negative comments like oh nobody was giving him his roses when he was here this is so my friend just said this to me because we was talking about this your your purpose is not about your purpose doesn't have to be loud it just has to be effective and death is that victory lap where you get that praise where it's like okay you're you're not you're no longer physically here so all we have to do is remember you for what you stood for and if you you have nothing to present to speak for you like when you're gone, it's like there's you can't speak for yourself and said, oh, I did this. Oh, I'm really this type of person, even though the things that I did wasn't good. All you have to show for yourself in your life is the work you put in. And his work spoke for him. When it was time to Google a Nipsey Hustle, you wasn't seeing him just talking about some Molly Percocets and rapping about bitches and hoes. You got to see the things. One, you listen to his music, a lot of the things that he was doing in real life was reflected in his music. But you ain't even have to listen to his music. His music didn't even have to speak for himself. He had a whole store up. His not before we
we even get to him opening up a store? Because, of course, people can't do that. Just look at the life he lived, the type of woman he had, how he honored his family, his mother. Like, you know, everybody was, he bought literally his whole family, his whole hood with him and carried him on his back. And that spoke for him without him even being able to speak anymore. So I guess I, w I, I really wanted to kind of reflect more on what do you want to, well, first of all, I had to reflect for myself, what do you want to be remembered for? or as and i don't think it's a one thing type of thing you can't just say i want to be remembered as blank 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 it's just uh another podcast i listen to is blessed and bossed the podcast she said something that really triggers something in me where she's what, was, what did she say she said um if you couldn't speak about the greatness or what makes you great does the life that you're living now speak for you like, you know what I'm saying? I With her, she was, I guess, tying it to religion because you say you have all these people that talk about God that could probably, you know, know the Quran front and back or know the Bible front and back, but who they are does not speak for anything that they claim they represent or whatever. And it kind of made me reflect on myself because I know I'm passionate about a lot of things. And oftentimes the things that I'm passionate about, I feel like I got to wait till I'm rich and famous to kind of do it like if shit if i could i really feel like i want to feed all the homeless people in the world but when i feel like i mean of course i don't have the money to do that and I, the means to do that i don't do nothing so i think it made me think to myself like yo i have to be more conscious in walking the walk of the talk that i talk does that make sense walking the walk of the talk that i talk so I mean, it could be as something as small as, as, like, you don't have your purpose or what you stand for doesn't have to help a million people. Even if it helps one person, like, we're all energies. Y'all know I'm spiritual as hell, so I'm going, to, I'm going to get mad deep. But this is literally how my mind functions. Like, I hate the fact that we put so many words, physical words to things that it kind of dumb it down. Like, you know what I'm saying? Where it's like, oh, the mind is the mind but I, I think because we call it the mind people just think it's just oh this thing in our body no it's really a spirit like i have this thing that i i personally believe in like where when you die your flesh is what dies like but i truly believe your spirit lives on and not figuratively because people say it all the time oh, this spirit is still with us and i feel like because we say this so much it becomes a cliche and people don't really realize the the accuracy and how like real that is like your spirit literally lives on to the point that I believe that I don't believe in heaven or hell personally and don't ask me where I got this idea from but it literally popped in my head so I tell myself it really it probably came from God where I believe that when people die there's no actual hell hell where it's like you're burning in fire like most of all of our religions say it is I really do believe that whatever state that you're in spiritually if you die in that state, that's how you will live in the afterlife for eternity. So if you're a envious person, if you die an envious person, imagine having to live the rest of your eternal life as a hating asshole. Like that is, that's worse than being, I'd rather be burned by fire. Like put me in a fire. We've all, first of all, we all experience jealousy. We all experience envy. And I know when I feel it, like I know when I feel myself getting jealous of somebody or like feeling envious, I do not like that feeling. It's so uncomfortable for me. Like I, because one, I'm conscious enough to acknowledge it. Like, all right, Kind of, you just mad because 
he or she has this and you didn't get it you feel like you should get it and because i'm conscious of it it makes me even more uncomfortable because i know the level of fucked upness it is for me to even think like that but one with us being human you're always going to naturally that's certain things you can't fight the flesh just like they say you can't fight why boys are so horny or why girls certain things are not meant to be fought is the 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 limits that is created within our flesh and jealousy is one of them okay we are naturally egotistic people that wants to think about self first before we think about other people and this is why a lot of religions push us to give back to be kind to think about other people because it goes against our natural flesh i guess i'm gonna think of the word natural flesh so what was that leading to because i just think i got it. oh yeah so yeah that's why i really feel like whatever state that you die in spiritually is the person you're gonna be and exist as in your eternal life which is why i'm always big on working on myself like there's never no end goal that you meet like every day like there's always something about you that you can work on there's always something about you that you have to acknowledge that you might not know and I'm always big on that because it's like, bro, I just want to make sure that at least at the end of my time, I've reached a point where myself where I was able to kind of strip myself of all the boundaries that my flesh causes me to have. You know what I'm saying? And that goes with childhood traumas. Like a lot of people try to make a thing about Nipsey being a hood nigga and change that. No, it was, it's not magic. It's not like, oh, he happens to be this one magical hood nigga that, found his purpose and is actually no that is something that was already deeply rooted in him you see uh uh lauren said that nipsey used to um i guess burn sage in the house to protect their energies and protect his family's energy that is rooted in who he was and regardless of what type of person you are what type of environment you grow up in what type of situation you're in if you are already in tune with yourself spiritually you're always going to beat the odds. Like, you know what I'm saying? Don't feel like a lot of people are like, oh, I got stuck with the the Kirks and why I can't get me a Nipsey. How about you get someone who's really spiritually in tune with themselves? Like, if you don't have that type of person, you can, you can marry the Pope. And if he is not spiritually in tune with himself, which religious people, this is why people need to understand, religion and spirituality is two different things. It's, it's different, but they need to coexist with each other for you to be a well-rounded human being you can't just be religious and not have spirituality you can't just know how to quote certain religious religious scriptures but not know how to feel within yourself and how know how that affects like the world around you so it was very evident that like nipsey was a very a person that was always spiritually in tune with himself but it also shows because you saw his family his mother like Look how his mother talked about him. Look how his dad talked about him. So when his mother said, uh, I'm, I'm paraphrasing because she didn't say exactly like this, but it's like you learn to see the beauty in death when you stop thinking about your own ego and think about the person's, like the person who has passed and all that they were able to accomplish. She didn't say that. It was something like that. It was along those lines. But for someone to say that, and it's crazy because I say that all the time. I remember like, I had like uh, someone pass away. They weren't close to me. They were like of, of someone that was important to me. Their their parent passed away. And they started fighting at the funeral, okay? And I'm not gonna get a judge because y'all know black people is known for this. It, it, I'm African and it, it's happened at a funeral I've been to before where 
people are so tied up into themselves. But one thing you learn about death is as long as you live in, you get a chance to heal. That person only gets to transition one time. You know how we treat the 21st birthday or we treat your sweet 16 or we treat how you turn 30. People only get to transition once. You only die once. And if you don't understand that these people are still spirits that get to live on and you stick in your your ego and you're you're thinking about how it hurts you, whether you're still angry about something or you're angry at how someone else is moving forward with the death, you really strip that person who has passed their celebration. Because, look, my dad, first of all, my dad raised me like he was the, like, I, this is someone I woke up and saw every day. And when he died, I literally was like, I'm not going to be able to live after this. Four years later, five years later, I'm living. I've learned to cope with his death. I found the beauty in his death. In the beginning, it wasn't like that. But had I used his death as a moment for me to just think about myself and just allow myself to be it was a lot like it was a lot of shit going on when my dad passed away which we all know with black people death you start to see some of dirt in your family and the type and it was a lot of that going on and i could have used that opportunity like hey i'm his daughter i get it you know when you're close to the person who passed people give you that kind of luxury to mourn how you want to mourn so you get away with murder around that time you able to think about yourself and do things the way you want to do it and then guess what eventually you heal. Eventually, you learn to live without this person, but you wanted to use that very moment in the beginning of their passing to just think about yourself that you messed up their overall transition. Like, imagine, I was just looking at his funeral when I got finally got the courage to watch it. First, I went on Shade Room. I'm like, all right, if I can handle the little clips, because you know Shade Room is going to post the most important things, then I feel like I'll be able to watch his funeral. So I started watching his funeral, and I wasn't thinking about his... 20%, sorry. I wasn't, I was watching his funeral and I was not thinking about Lauren during the funeral. I was not thinking about his mother during his funeral. I honestly wasn't even thinking about the kids. My first thought process went to, damn, yo, Nipsey really gets to look down. And I'm, I bet you in a million years with all that he was doing, he never thought that his death would be celebrated on the level that was celebrated. He got a whole street named after him. We all know Nipsey, I mean, if God forbid Beyonce dropped that now, we already know in this moment with her being alive, that's what's going to happen. Texas is not going to be Texas no more. It's going to be called the Beyonce, Beyonce, and probably Houston is going to be called Knowles. We already know that because of the level of celebrity that she is. Nipsey, if you would tell us why Nipsey is alive, that he would have been celebrated at the level that he's being celebrated now to the point that Obama, I know Obama ain't never listened to a Nipsey bar a day in his life. And he done wrote a whole letter for them to, to, for the family. I'm sure he did not know that would ever happen. So I, I just thought about him. Like, it, his whole celebration even made you forget about the manner that he died in. I literally almost forgot about dude that shot him. I forgot about the whole trial. I forgot about the incident. I think the whole, after the whole shock value of him dying passed, it went to his celebration. And it kind of just made you forget all the negative that came with it. And I'm like, dang, I know he looking down like, yes. Like, and I want to, I want to be able to feel like that when I pass, it don't have to be on a level where a street is being named after you, but any family member, anybody who has experienced death knows the hardest part is to see the, the fun part, the easiest part, not the fun. The easiest part is when the person first died, 
because all the attention you get. You got the funeral going on. You got everyone hitting you up. You got all these, you know, friend requests of people wanting to know what happened or whatever if your your family member died in a traumatic way. But once that passes and then everybody else who's not really directly affected by the death continues to move on, but you who your everyday life is affected because this part this person was embedded in your everyday life, that hurts. That's when it hurts. You see, like, you start going to family functions and it's no longer about this person and the sadness. People have moved on talking about their baby mama drama and talking about family functions. I you see, I would even get mad when you see people now able to laugh. And it's two months later and you haven't even been able to find any form of joy with your loved one passing away. So even for your family, that's hard. When you don't walk in your purpose and you don't have the resume, the life resume that is able to speak for you when you leave... And sometimes it only has to do with character. You ain't got to have the money to buy a store. You don't have to have bars that got you on a billboard, got you a girl, nominated you for a Grammy. Sometimes it's just character. Like, character. I like, can people come up? For me, when my dad passed, the best feeling was, I know, I look at, he's my dad. So, of course, he was a thing to me. But I didn't realize how much he was a, he had an impact on the people, other people. So at his, even after his funeral, the way people would come up to me like, your dad did this for me and your dad is, as if I wasn't raised with him and with him 24-7, 365 days a year. Like they're telling me about my dad like I don't know. But it felt good because you have one, people have a certain level of, you know, when your loved one die, you just want to keep their memory alive. You want to. And you if you have people that's able to help you do that, like the way the world mourned Nipsey's death, I'm sure is the way Lauren will want them to have mourned him or or how she was mourning him or the same way um, his mother or his kids was mourning him. For them to have the world or everyone that he touched mourn him in that same way, it makes the process so much easier. I'm sure it makes it easier for the spirit who's looking down or looking on and it makes it much better for the family. But if you don't have anything in life that you've done or if you lived a life, like I think we get so caught up in a day-to-day life that you don't realize that everything that you do and every step that you take becomes a signature for yourself in life. You know what I'm saying? So one activity I want y'all to do, yeah, I'm going to give y'all activity today because we done got all spiritual is I think everyone should reach out to at least five people in their phone book and ask them... What's today? Ask them, ask them, what, what does my life, what has my life represented to you from your perspective? I know we got this whole saying where we were like, don't care what nobody think about you. No, it matters. Your intentions does not matter if it's not projected in the way that you intended it to project it. You know what I'm saying? I could be like, oh, Carly, you a bitch ass nigga. And I could have meant it from love, but if you didn't receive it like that, then you automatically put a hateful energy about me out into the world, right? I might not know. You could probably just sit there and kiki it off, Mm -hmm. but you just didn't know that you created a hate for me, and that's the energy that goes out there. Then God forbid I go outside and drop dead, even though Carly act like he's going to mourn me. Inside, he's going to be like, thank God this bitch is dead because she tried to play me. It's funny, but it's not funny. Like, it's so serious. Like, you don't know the things that you do and how it projects to people. Not just people you love, even people you do not know. And the unfortunate part uh, is of social media is that even the things that you post become things that becomes the energy that is translated about you. 
Okay, so not only do you have the 10 to 20 people that might be in your circle or that might work with you or that might be in your family, now you got, everybody got at least a thousand friends. Now you got a thousand other people that have this perception of you. So then when they see a post that says RIP such and such, and such and such wasn't necessarily one of the best of people, I don't want to say they're happy. I don't think no one's happy when someone's passed, but your legacy doesn't live on because all the only memory they have to speak for you or the only thing that you have put out into the world for them to remember you for is something negative. And guess what? As a spirit, you don't get to talk, but you get to see. If you are a person who believes in that, I don't think no one is conducive for anyone to believe that you just die and the world goes black. So if you are somebody, you don't have to be the religious of religious people, but if you are someone who wants to believe that, okay, when I die, something else is after. Understand that that something else means that you won't be able to talk in this world no more, but you'll see what's going on. And I think the worst thing ever, if you just imagine yourself like leaving, when that whole iPhone thing happened, the iPhone glitch where you can FaceTime somebody and what happened? You can FaceTime somebody and if they didn't answer or something where you're able to listen in on their conversation. You see how people was freaking out? First of all, I said, people was like, I'm going to try it. I low-key was like, I want to try it. Because I do not want to, no one that I know is close to me. So I don't even want to know anything negative that people might be saying about me. I can't handle that. So imagine being gone and not in this lifetime no more and then just seeing how people really talk. And I'm not talking about talking about you at the funeral because we all know it's respectful for people to go to funerals and say anything good. It'd be a damn, Trump will be in the damn coffin and people will be like, well, he was a great man and he, and he did his best. And we all know that is not the truth. So I'm not talking about how people talk about you in a funeral. I'm talking about individual conversations. Every individual conversation you will hear with people talking about you and your life and your death and how they feel about it. Imagine hearing that you can't say shit back. You can't even go. I mean, we we all like to defend our actions. Even first of all, you can't. One thing I've learned is that you cannot tell people how they should experience you. So if you tell me, let's say Corey tell me right now, Kadi, you're an asshole. I can't say no. I'm not an asshole because didn't know because that's your experience. But when we're alive and well and can talk, we always catch ourselves wanting to argue people down when they're just trying to tell you how they experience you. And that is the moment you really need to listen because one, you have the opportunity to correct it now. But imagine being gone. You can't even defend yourself and people talking about their experience, how they experience you. And your mama can't jump into every conversation. She's not gonna, I mean, we all know, if anybody gonna love somebody, your mom is always gonna love you. Even if you're the worst person in the fucking world, your mom is gonna love you. But guess what? Your mom is not enough to be the only person to keep your energy and your legacy alive. Okay? It w this Nipsey's death would have meant nothing if only his mother was up there on that stage talking about what type of great person he was and there was nobody else to follow her and share that same level of experience that she experienced with her son. I'm pretty sure we'd have been like, okay, move on. We, we don't care. So I do want people to use Nipsey's death uh, as a learning experience and as an opportunity to really think about, one, the energy that you put out into the world. And once again, if you couldn't talk, do the things that you do, the things that you say, the energy that you put out there, your intentions, represent you and is able to speak for you without you talking okay i don't care who you think you is and this this ties to a lot of the it's crazy nipsey passed and not nobody came out and talked about any of his street credibility 
when you die, street credibility die with you, okay? They might have one or two stories to say about how you wild out, but no one cares. No one, no one cares. And that's the unfortunate part because I've even had family members who were like heavy in the street and who's passed away at the result of the life they live. And I'm just like, damn, I know you reached that point where you passed and you realized it really wasn't worth it. Like, that gotta be the killer. I don't know, I've never died before, so I really don't know what's in the afterlife. I can only go based off of what I believe and what my religious beliefs are. But I'm pretty sure when you die, God don't be like, okay, what's set you bang? Okay, you get to get in. There's no, there's no, there's not even, and I don't wanna limit it to street stuff. I don't think God is gonna ask, oh, please show me your degree. Show, show me your, your degree. Show me, show me your salary. Show me what type of good quality. I don't think God is going to ask you any of that. So we spend so much time using earthbound things to define who we are. I'm a solid dude in the street. I'm a college grad. I'm a six-figure making person, blah, 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 blah. And that does nothing for you in the afterlife. And that's a hard lesson I had to learn because around the, my dad passed away suddenly from congestive heart failure and i graduated in 2013 like i was you couldn't tell me that straight at the college i wasn't gonna be making like six figures like i didn't did everything they told you you're supposed to do i had three internships with real high media companies i interned for the wendy williams show mtv bet i was like you know i had a, D, a good gpa honors all that good stuff and i was like i'm gonna get me a good job straight out of school i just know i am then I graduated and I had no job offers, okay? And I was forced to have to work at a heating oil company that was paying me $8 an hour. And I had a, a $90,000 uh, debt in my name because of college because of college loans. So every day I would come home and I'm just this type of person anyway, which I try to like stop, is I get so in my own head that I shut down. And me shutting down meaning shutting people out. Like, I shut out the people I love. So I'll come home, and I don't really want to talk. And it's not even because, oh, I didn't have a job in my degree. I tied my purpose to the fact that I'm supposed to have a good, decent job after college. I tied my pur purpose based on my success career-wise. So because I wasn't working in a decent career that I felt like I, I deserved or I was supposed to get, I also started questioning my purpose in life all around. So every day I was coming home and I get in these downstage where I'm just like, what is life? I still get like this period because every day I'm just trying to figure out what my purpose is. But I've learned through my dad, Dev, but my purpose is not tied to nothing that has to do with status. Whether it's financial status, whether it's street status, whether it's relationship status. Nothing is tied, like nothing that your purpose is not tied to that. And I learned that the hard way because my dad would come in like, and I, he could tell that I'll be off and he'll be like, you know what, you don't, you don't, you're not gonna speak. Like I'll walk in, it'll, it'll be him and my uncle in the liver. I just was like, I wouldn't really talk or anything. And it was nothing against him. It was just literally, I get in these modes where I don't realize that I'm upset or that I'm going through it, but I do realize it from the fact that I shut down and I don't, you know, my friends will hit me up, let's go out. And I'm like, oh, nah, I don't really want to be around people. I just want to sit in my room and kind of be in my own head about whatever I'm trying to figure out. And then my dad suddenly passed. And do you think I was thinking about the fact that I wasn't working in the field that I felt like I was supposed to work in when my dad passed? Nah. You think I was thinking about, I wasn't thinking about any of that. Like, I literally was like, I, you know, the worst thing that I could imagine happened to me in life. And it made me not think about 
all the earth's like shit that we think about on a day-to-day basis that really does not matter like and when my dad passed he wasn't even working he was like an undocumented immigrant so he was no longer unable to work and my dad continued a lot of people don't know this i know i do the whole oprah thing i'm gonna tell you on another episode why i I'm so connected to Oprah, but it doesn't have anything to do with the fact that she's a host. I never, when I started liking her, I never said that, oh, I'm going to do a podcast. My dad actually used to do what I'm doing now, and I didn't realize until recently, like, because he didn't podcast, like, as far as, like, on SoundCloud with an iPhone. Since I was, a, even before I was born, my dad used to record himself on cassettes, like, literal tape cassettes, and he would record himself giving wisdom i don't know what i give is wisdom but basically doing what i do just talking about life talking about deep stuff spiritual stuff he was very funny just like i was so he'll be whatever and people will when my dad passed it's not people people's fighting about money too but the biggest thing that people were fighting about was we want his tapes when i went back to africa for the first time after his death and everyone's like okay so who has his tapes do you guys still have more of his tapes can you send me his tapes can you so my dad got to live his purpose and he wasn't even working. He didn't have money. He didn't have any of that. So that's when I had that like light bulb go off in me where it's like your purpose is not tied to none of this shit. Okay? None of this earth like shit. Your followers ain't gonna matter. Honestly, it, it really don't matter. People probably gonna unfollow you because you know people like to keep their unfollow follow ratio at a celebrity status where it's like, uh, I follow only 500, but 3,000 people follow me. So I'm pretty sure after you pass, people gonna unfollow you to kind of keep that balance going. So your social media celebrityness or your social media status isn't gonna matter either. So I say that we all take Snipsy's death as a opportunity to rewrite our legacy. Don't tie it to status. Like, I'm, like, as much as, like, you know, people seeing us talking about, I love the fact, everyone's saying, oh, you people ain't even listen to Nipsey music before he died. Or people don't even know, buy nothing from his store before he died. That's the best part, because it really shows you how life works. If it was Beyonce that would have passed, yes, I would be completely affected. But people would have tied, as much as Beyonce do, people would have... Uh, people would have defined the recognition that she got based on her celebrity status and not the fact that she really does give from her heart. And that's the unfortunate part. So I do love the fact that, yeah, everybody wasn't listening to his music. Everybody wasn't supporting his store. Like, they didn't, nobody even knew what the Marathon store was, especially up here on the East Coast. But he died and had that level of impact. So that showed us that you can be doing something now that, yeah, people might not, you ain't gonna get a trophy for it. But... It's going to talk for you when you speak. And that's all we need to be preparing for, having something that speaks to you when you speak. Especially me being the type of person, y'all know I'm very defensive. I like to speak. I like to talk. I like to defend myself. That sounds like torture to me. That I could go one day and I don't get a chance to be like, oh, but. Like, imagine people talking about you after you de- like after you pass away and saying things about you and you don't get to get put your little two cents into it. Then you better start putting things into place and it's something as small as just how you carry yourself, how you love the people in your life, how you love the people you don't know. It could even be something as small as giving the change to the homeless person on the street. That's the energy that carries itself. And I'm not saying give them change and record it on social media. We're going to leave that for another episode, but I hate shit. Don't do that. I'm just saying contribute things to the energy that's going to live beyond you when you go. How long was that? I think we're going to end right here. Let me see what people been saying before we before we end it. I do know people. I don't think I could go back and just look. Oh, 
was trying to say there was a video. Yeah, I'm all up in y'all face. I'm probably going to read all y'all stuff later, but I want to thank y'all for tuning in on another episode of The Voice of Reason. And I did tell y'all on my Insta story last time that I would uh, use Sundays as a, like, because Sundays are usually my days where I kind of sit with myself and work on me. Like I told y'all, we all should be doing so. And I think of things that I learned in the week that I will continue to apply in my life. So I guess I'll just record my podcast because I'm going to be talking about stuff like this all the time. And this will be our thing. I'll go on live. So tune in on the next live. One hour? I was not talking for no one hour. <laughs> oh, dang. I talk too damn much. All right, I'm logging out. See you guys later.